Maureen, I heard, well, I also heard your husband call you Mo. <gasps> so maybe like I can call you. Yes, cat. Will you call me Mo and I'll call you cat. <laughs> and Mike, what should I call you? How uh, about I call my husband. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what I call my husband, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys and welcome. I'm Kat. And I'm Mike. This is HGTV Obsessed. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of HGTV Obsessed. The weekly podcast where we dive into all things HGTV. I'm Mike. And I'm Kat. And when we aren't watching HGTV, we make funny videos on TikTok about marriage, parenting, and life. Uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. No. See, I don't know the... F- how, did, how do they say it in the show? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I'm trying to get it right. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Or should I say Maureen, Maureen, Maureen? Because that is who we are interviewing today. We have Maureen McCormick and Dan Vickery on the podcast today, hosts of the new show on Discovery Plus, Frozen in Time. Yes, they renovate homes that are stuck in a certain time period, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and totally update them. But somehow they stay true to the home's history. Which I really love this concept. I think it's super fun. It makes total sense to have Maureen on because the Brady Bunch was such an iconic 70s show. And Dan also brings his knowledge of architecture and design and I think together they are so cute yeah their chemistry is really great and Maureen is super handy yes she is I also feel like when I watched the episodes I learned a lot about things that happened during those decades like what was happening in the world during that time to influence the design of the homes things that are really cool like that okay well let's not waste any more time and let's get right into the interview with Maureen and Dan Maureen and Dan, welcome to HGTV Obsessed. We are so excited to have so you So excited. Yes. Well, I'm welcome. so excited to be with all of you guys. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Good to see you. We binge watched all those episodes of Frozen in Time and we did it on Discovery Plus. And this show is so fun. It's funny. You both work very well together. The camaraderie and the chemistry is perfect. So for people listening that haven't had a chance to watch it, tell us about the show in your own words. Uh, we go into houses that are frozen in time, exactly like the title says. And we all know that house, whether it was like our aunt or our grandma, like there's some home that we have spent time in that has not aged in the last 30 years. We go in and we try to take the best parts of the past and make them fresh and cool and relevant. And then also take the worst parts of the past and erase them. And what's so great about our show, too, is meeting the families that live in these homes and hearing their stories and, you know, trying to make their dreams come true. That's so cool. Yeah, I saw like with the the first episode with the tile and the kitchen floor and how much they love that. Like that was so fun to see them react to what you guys do. I think it's so cool and so wholesome. Yeah. And I feel like I have like an appreciation for antiques and like... Things from the, my mother, our whole home is antiques. Oh my like, gosh. Everything has yeah. a memory. Everything has a place. Like, oh, I got that in India. I got that in Egypt. Like, yeah. And everything for her brings emotion. Mm. And so like a good memory. And that's how she like decorates the house. So, so I could be your mother right now. I'm just telling you, like everything has a memory. I grew up in a home where my mom and dad, all they did was go to used furniture stores to buy the furniture because they couldn't afford the new stuff, even though actually the used stuff was much better. It was solid Mm -hmm. wood with beautiful dovetailing, you know, when you open the drawers. But we 
that's the way I was raised. My parents were obsessed with antiques, beautiful old wooden furniture. When they actually started seeing everyone paint everything, they were like, no, don't cover up the wood. <laughs> no, it's and I feel like it's the way she described it was like everything has its energy. And it's like this desk has helped so many. Like when you sit at this desk, it's not just a desk. Like mm. your mother sat in it, your grandmother sat in it. This is like the desk where you get things done. It was just like it just made there's so much purpose. Yeah. Things way more exciting. than Something that seems so like desk. ordinary. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said hippie because that's how I feel. Like everything has got kind of a vibration, right? And it's either going to be good for you or it's going to be bad for you. And if you can find that good vibration, bring it in. I don't care if I sound like a hippie. It's great. And it influences design. Yeah. The table that I've got um, this microphone set up on right now uh, in our kitchen is the kitchen table that I grew up on. Uh, when I was a little girl, I mean, actually from the time I was a baby and we ate all of our family meals on this table and I will never get rid of it. It's a beautiful, solid pine table with a ton of leaves so we can, you know, let 20 people sit at this table if we want. I love it. So kind of on that note, a little bit of good vibrations, right? And, and just even talking to you two, I mean, you two have great chemistry together. Were you guys friends before filming <laughs> or... Or no, we, we had met once before our first day of filming. <laughs> yeah, I was intimidated. I was going out to a lunch with Brian Balthazar, who at the time was working for HGTV uh, in charge of our show. And then Maureen McCormick. I was just sitting like, I don't belong <laughs> at this lunch. <laughs> but we hit it off right away. And uh, there is just, I don't know, something about Maureen that is magnetic. Oh, so I was so excited when I heard about, you know, this show. I, I just loved what it was all about. It's such a part of my history, um, you know, old things. So or vintage things, all of it, actually. So I met Dan and was so impressed that he was so down to earth. He was from Oregon. He just had this really cool, solid as a rock, you know, type of guy. And I'll take that, but I've never been called cool. That's not my. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Dan, you I'm are so a... cool. Oh, no, no. I'm, a, gi I'm a giant nerd. <laughs> nah. Hey, nothing wrong with a nerd. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I like nerds myself. Anyway, it was really cool because his mother and his grandmother were quilters and Dan was a quilter and I was a quilter. And he gave me these two books that they had had written. And it was just so right away we had a connection and um, I just felt so comfortable with you right away, which was really beautiful. Yeah, likewise. That's super important. Yeah, I went from nervous yeah. to like at ease within minutes. I think that's how I felt on our first date. Yeah. I think Ooh. when people go on dates, I, I think you can literally tell in like the first 10, 30 seconds mm -hmm. if if you're connecting with this person. Like I just could know right then and on our first date. Yeah, like, for, when you got in the car, she got in the car and she goes, I think we're both nervous. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're definitely both nervous. <laughs> so wait, I need to hear about this. Where was it? Where did you meet? So he was a drummer. Yeah. And still am. He, he is yep. still a drummer. <laughs> And I would like go to the front and be like, look, oh, super cute. Uh -huh, uh -huh. She would come to my shows. She would come to my shows and watch me drum. And she would just scream in the back. It was so great. Oh my gosh, how cute. So you were like an obsessed fan. <laughs> um, 
I honestly thought he was cute, but like in a childish way, like you're so cute, but I would never date you. I have a relationship. It's probably because I was I a band it. bum and I didn't have a job. Right. And I was just- <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're adorable, but that's all that is. Um, Not husband material. Yes, exactly. And um, but then we started dating. I gave him a shot. He's like the actual thing that your parents are like, stay away from. <laughs> Live with his mother. Didn't have a job. Like, right. At the time, yeah. Didn't have a degree. Like his car was I don't mind crappy cars, but like this car was unsafe. It was crappy. bad. Like, <laughs> it was bad. The floor was out on the bottom. Um yeah. I actually, yeah, we, I love your story. It kind of reminds me of me and my hubby. How did you guys meet? Wait, Mike's um, a really stand-up guy. What are you saying? Well, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean. I guarantee your he, parents are behind that marriage. <laughs> you know, it, it, my father was right away, and my mother fell in love with him. Like, she, she, Michael was her favorite guy. I mean, seriously, she fell so in love with him. But it took her some time because she was afraid he was an actor. You know, actors are always working or they're bartending or they're, you know, selling something out of their car or, you know, who knows, <laughs> right? And, um, but he was from Minnesota, which was actually very appealing to me. And he had never seen the Brady Bunch, which I loved. He didn't know who I was, but, um, he was driving this car. And I remember our first kiss was in that, like, not great car, but, but it was the best kiss ever. And honestly, it was love at first sight when, when our eyes first met, like, it was pretty amazing. I felt like he was the one for me and he felt the same thing with me, which was so cool. Okay. We got to get back to the show. We can talk about this for days. I feel like this is great. Um, so I have to ask you guys about the cars on the show. Um, and so, you know, at the start of every episode, you both are just cruising the California coast in incredible classic cars from whatever era you guys are doing the home in right so how much fun was it being in those cars i mean that just seems like a total blast i mean i think it's awesome i feel bad for maureen because what you guys can see is on some of those scenes we've got like three cameras across the windshield and we're trying to talk and i can't see the road (laughs) and i don't know the car very well and it's probably a pretty scary situation for her the first time i got into a car with dan i have to say I was really nervous, you know, and we're, we're driving on streets, you know, where there's other cars driving and we've got these cameras all across the windshield. You have no idea what you look like, first of all, which is a little weird, but then you just have to forget about it and just right. Have fun. So we were at this beautiful place once driving along the PCH right in California, the mountains over here, the ocean over here, and the wind was just blowing and the hair was just coming over my entire face and it was sticking to my lipstick. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be the most awful shot in the history of television. It was just crazy. And then I had to wear sunglasses because the the lights were so bright and I put them on and they were like, oh no, we can now see the cameras reflecting off of your sunglasses. I don't, <laughs> but Oh my yeah. gosh. That was quite a day. So that was, it's a beautiful shot in the show. Yeah. Uh, we're driving along the beach in, um, where, that was Rancho Palos Verdes. And we were in a Ford Thunderbird. Like if you're a car person, like this is an exciting day, but the car died, what, like five times? 20, 20 times. Like, what? it was oh the worst car day ever in my life. <laughs> well, one of them, yeah. one of them. But it's 
it's always like this thing that like, you never say the day is going to go good when you're filming because something happens. And the producer was like, oh, it's going to be such an easy day. <laughs> and then uh. the, the, well, the car showed up basically out of gas. We literally yeah. went two blocks and it ran out. <laughs> and and oh the battery God. died. You know, I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong. It smelled so bad. I was starting to get nauseous from all the exhaust. It was insane. And the whole crew was, you know, coming and it's a small crew and everyone was trying to make it work. And it was a total nightmare. But I love the car scenes on our show. I really do. I know. And I feel bad because I'm not a car guy. And I was like, there is somebody out there who deserves to be driving this car so much more than me. (laughs) (laughs) Me, me. Yeah, yeah. Again, why weren't you ever... Honey, you're riding shotgun for the rest of the show. That's all I can say. (laughs) I'm going to start driving. No, but you can't tell when you guys are doing that. It looks super peaceful, fun. But of course. Didn't ever get a hint of a car breaking down at all. Well, when things are going right, it is peaceful and fun. (laughs) When the car breaks down on the side of PCH. (laughs) Although, honestly, when the car breaks down, I don't care. I should say that I do, but you know, I love hanging out with you and our crew. It's fun. It's like, okay, well, what'd you do last night? (laughs) (laughs) So you both do a really perfect job of setting us up to feel like we're in whatever time period the home uh, represents. So we have like the fifties, we have the sixties, we have the seventies. Do you guys have a particular favorite decade for home design? Mm. I like every decade. I really do. It depends. You know, every house that you walk into has a story and I feel it the moment I walk in a front door. So obviously there's styles that I like better, but when it's all done and it's done really tastefully and classic, I love that. So I have a real appreciation for so many styles and so many periods. And, you know, usually it's it's a feeling I get. I mean, I know my own taste for homes and it's it's because of a love that came from my parents of like the first home that they bought in Burlington, Iowa. I swear I want to go back and buy that house one day because it's it's this beautiful salt box. It's very square and, you know, it has shutters on it and it's all white and just so charming and traditional. But I I love homes. I, I love all the different styles. So I do think about this a lot. And Dan, you can let me know what you think. In 50 years, when other people, designers who have an eye for this stuff, look at the homes of the 2000s, 2010s, what do you think they'll think about those homes? You think that it'll be this timeless design still? No, I think they're going to look at it and wonder where all the color is. I feel like every house these days is black and white and that's it. And it's not enough. And I think there's a time and a place for that. Like I I love a neutral palette. Um, And because we're mostly focusing on houses from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and color was so big then, Mm. we're obviously color-focused on a lot of our design. And there's a time and a place to step away from that, but I think that right now, people need to dive into color. (laughs) Do you feel like we're getting back to that then? Do you feel like we're making our, we're inching our way slowly back into the the color or no? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, The 80s is a huge influence in design right now, and 80s was all about color. I feel like color is so hit or miss 
And I feel like I'm not good at design, quote unquote. So I would be so scared to do anything other than beige. I think like beige <laughs> is such a safe color. <laughs> Can't go wrong here. You know what's what's so funny about color is, you know, when you put on clothes that are different colors, you feel a certain way and you you like certain colors, right? More than others on yourself. And in a home, I think certain colors make you feel a certain way and, and bring a mood and... Um, what I love about design and homes is that everyone has something that they prefer or that they like. And what's fun about this show is trying to hear what the people in the homes like and trying to bring those colors in there and yet paying attention to a lot of color that was very popular in that period or maybe changing it a bit. But um, color is so personal. You know, I know I have my favorite colors that always make me feel good, but um, I love that, that everyone has something that makes them feel good. It's so subjective. Yeah. So what are like, what are some of the craziest things you guys have seen in these homes? Uh, that you- A Jack and Jill shower. <laughs> do you know what that is? You guys, you guys don't even know, no. do you? I feel like maybe I know, <laughs> Wait, but go ahead and explain. Yeah, I want to know what you're guessing. Well, I, so in our shower, the, the, what we just moved into, there's two shower heads. <laughs> is that what it is? Wow. Wow. That was my guess. That's a lot it's more fun interesting. than what we found. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there were two small bathrooms that were connected by the shower. So you could enter the shower from from one bathroom or from the other. So can you imagine if you're in this bathroom and you are, you know, so you're on the loo. Can you imagine like what a nightmare that would be? No privacy. That was really scary, right, Dan? But it was cute. I loved it. I mean, kind of. Oh, I didn't didn't even think it was cute. (laughs) I loved the old tiling it was, that it was filled with, so. Oh, it was connected to a bathroom that was all uh, pink porcelain sinks and tub, which I remember my grandma having. Yeah. So there's a nostalgia there, but no, it was not cute. That's just dangerous. I, you don't want to be nervous in the shower. Right. I'm trying to, trying to understand what the purpose of that would have been. Like, why would you need that, you know? Well, maybe if you want to do some things in one bathroom... Okay, wait, I need to think this through. I was you would, say they're connected. No, you would enter. It doesn't no make sense. <laughs> what if you do all your drawing on one side? So you, you know, so you got to get out on that side for the towels, but I don't know. <laughs> I, listen, Maureen has such a love for the past, and it's part of what makes a show so amazing. But this was an idea that should have been left in the past, and that's why we. <laughs> Fixed it. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was great. What was so great about it was, you know, now you've got two bathrooms that are totally private and they're beautiful and it's a lot more useful now. Yeah. So the favorite thing that I found throughout all of our episodes was actually in the same house. And there was a bathroom cabinet that had a name written on the bottom of the drawer. And this was a house that was now on its third generation. It, like the house was sold and then the family bought it back. But the current homeowner's mom had written her name in the bathroom drawer at a young age. 
so young that she spelled her own name wrong. <laughs> it was so cute, you guys. It was carved into That's the cute. wood. It was amazing. That's so cute. Yeah. No, she sat That's there with cool. a pencil and was like putting her mark <laughs> on that cabinet drawer. And how cool, you guys, that, you know, somebody else had bought the house, but they bought it back and that that drawer was still there with all that history. Never touched. Probably my favorite thing about the show is that emotional aspect because these families, you don't realize it's a home, but it's not just a home. Like they just are so emotionally connected to this. And I think a good question for this is how do you balance honoring the home's history and character, but also renovating it in a style for the HGTV treatment kind of way? I think that Maureen and I have both like really tried to focus on not what's on trend, not what is like going to be cool and flashy for TV, but really just what is important to the homeowners. And they all, whether they inherited the house or they bought the house, they did it for a very specific reason and listening to that purpose and making sure to highlight what they love the most. Because at the end of the show, we're going to walk away and we've produced a show and hopefully created a great design, but they're going to continue to live there. And we want to respect that. How often do you guys come up with ideas that the homeowners disagree with? And and do you have advice for compromising when it comes to these sort of decisions? I'd be interested to hear from well, both hey, of this. How long have you guys been married? Uh, coming up on two years. Don't you have to compromise all the time? All the time. Me too. Do you, Dan? <laughs> well, yeah, but design is hard because you're going to look at that compromise every day. <laughs> you don't want to be mad right. that you compromise. Right. So... No, I joke all the time that design is therapy. Like you've got mm. two people with different ideas and then you throw money on it, which always makes things more complicated. And I think that we walk in and just try to listen a lot of listening, which uh, doesn't always make good TV. So that gets cut. <laughs> we ran into that a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, there was quite a bit. Uh, the same episode that we were just talking about. It was a generational home and they always took family photos in front of the fireplace and we wanted to change it and that was hard for them and you read them and know like okay i can push this person a little bit more and then we had some other clients and we presented an idea for a uh, kitchen hood the hood over the range and they hated our idea yeah <laughs> and there's no pushing them <laughs> right you know one of the homes that that we went into it's really interesting when one part of the couple wants it one way and the other one wants it another way and it is so hard when well first of all they buy these homes or inherit them but so it's really really important that they still feel the emotional connection to this home. So, so right. you, you know, you have to be careful. And, um, I think we've been really lucky because we have talked them into many times something that they did not like people are usually afraid to tear down a wall or, right. you know, to change a lot of things. And it's really beautiful when they're so happy afterwards. And they're like, you know, I couldn't imagine it but now I love it. Um, also, we're talking about crazy things in homes. It was so cute. And this reminded me so much of my childhood because my parents loved homes and my father was a do-it-yourself man. He did everything. Even if it wasn't done properly, he did it himself because he couldn't afford. He, he was a school teacher raising four kids. But there was one home that we, uh, the Ma's home, Dan, and 
the father cut out this window in the kitchen so that he could pass his, because they're, they're all about cooking in this family. And he, he could pass then the food to everybody in the other room. And it was just so oh. cute. Oh, no, the, the intention was good, but he actually cut it through a sheer wall and uh, <laughs> compromised the structural stability of the house. <laughs> Yikes. That's scary. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's worth it to hire a professional, but this is... <laughs> So we've got six episodes out. We've got two episodes that we are still finishing and hoping to release soon. And this will be one of them. So guys, stay tuned for that. And we've got a special guest on that show who's a very good Oh, I'm so excited. So Mike Lickenland, who played Bobby, he is an amazing concrete maker. Uh, he, he builds the most beautiful countertops and benches. He'll make anything you need in concrete. So he came out from Utah to help us with some beautiful countertops. And um, it was just so great to be with him. His mother actually was a huge influence in my life, helping me to learn how to craft certain things when we were all on the show together. So you're renovating these homes, right? And you're removing a lot of elements, but are there things that you see from the past that are an absolute like keep, a must have? You know, I think it really depends on the house and what's happening. So we walk in and obviously there's things right away, whether it's windows that are spectacular or a gorgeous fireplace or great old kitchen cabinets that should never go. Every house has something different that, that you can't remove, obviously. And it's wonderful when, when there's a lot of things that, you know, you keep. Well, I think that there was a certain attention to architecture that we don't necessarily get. Like everybody wants to build square footage as cheap as possible, which means you don't end up with that amazing stone fireplace. You end up with a fake facade. You, you know, have trusses in your ceiling instead of exposed beams. So when you walk in and you see those iconic architectural elements, you don't walk away from them. You don't cover them up. You let them shine. Love I love that. that. That's good. My mom's going to love it. She's like, I told you. <laughs> I told you for so many years. <laughs> what, you guys, what style do you like? I think I like the combo of antique and modern. Yeah. Because like even in our bedroom, I have my desk that I had when I was a little kid. And it's just this like wooden. It's really pretty. Michael was like, are you sure you want this in our room? I'm like, yes, it's going in our room. <laughs> I love that combination of modern and antique. Or I just love it. And, you know, I think I think it's interesting because I could collect everything and I used to and that was a problem but you know I think when you're into that and love all that stuff you can get sometimes too cluttered so you can't even see the beautiful pieces that you have which is right you know there's a real art to um making those pieces work and shine well I think that like you went on a couple of different things like on our show, we try really hard not to get stuck in the past, right? It's, it may be a 50, 60, 70-year-old home, but we want to show the history and the progression of that. And when people mix modern design with antiques, the house instantly has a sense of history, right? It's telling a story instead of something that's straight out of a showroom. And everybody relates to that, even if it's not their story. You can see somebody else's life in the design. I feel like I'm really inspired in how you get in there with the homeowners and you're gardening, you're making art, you're shopping for the vintage furniture with them. It's a very like hands-on process. Do you feel because of this, 
I felt this aspect different from other shows. Do you feel like personally invested in these homes and with the connections you make with the people and the families that live in them? I know I am right away. I mean, we have been so lucky with every story and every family and they've been amazing. You know, you really care about them and want them to just fall in love with their house even more. And to be able to really, what's so cool, you guys, is, you know, just you can change a few things and all of a sudden this wonderful piece is so much more useful. Mm. And you can see them now wanting to entertain in these houses because they are more functional. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. That's huge. It's really exciting. I guess we can relate from like a square footage aspect, even just it's not a design, right? It's not anything to do with the design, but we yeah. just went from it's just the space you live in. Right. And and we went from 600 square feet, our first apartment to 1100 now to I think 2200. And we just from that big jump, it's like, oh, my gosh, we can finally have people over and not worry the whole time about, you know, like, what are they thinking? What like is it too cramped in here? You know, is it like now it's just so much more relaxing you know? yeah. <laughs> and functional. You, you said the word functional. I feel like that hit a nerve, a good nerve. <laughs> well, functions change so much, right? Like cooking used to be something that was considered like secondary to entertaining. Mm. And now it's all infused, right? We want to be involved with whoever's cooking and the party starts as soon as the meat hits the grill. And <laughs> older homes don't allow for that to happen. So by blowing out sure. walls and creating this sense of a great room whenever possible. We allow people to live today, but hopefully not forget about yesterday. Good quote. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Trademark, Dan Victory. (laughs) So as a viewer, I did feel invested in the relationships you guys made with them in the homes. And I think I felt a connection, especially because of how I was taught to value antiques and structure everything from the past. It all has... It all means something. I was super sad when I ran out of episodes, but you guys have a Frozen in Time special on HGTV. So tell us about your special Frozen in Time flashback that is now airing on HGTV. Well, obviously, we're not the first show on HGTV to walk into a house that was frozen in time. So we've collected a bunch of clips from other HGTV favorites where your eight favorite HGTV stars have run into the same situation. And we try to like not only pay homage to what they have done with the space, but to add a little bit of history that our show focuses on that maybe not every other show does. Yeah, I can't wait to see it because it's been a little bit since we filmed it. So, <laughs> and we um, hosted it from the Brady Bunch house, which was really oh fun. Gosh, that was a magical oh, moment. Best part to be in the Brady Bunch house with Marie <laughs> McCormick, the original Marsha Brady. What? That's crazy. <laughs> it was. It was really fun. Yeah. Did that bring back a lot of memories for you? Well, honestly, I just feel like. It just feels really good. It just does. I mean, because when I go there, I see, you know, my mom and dad and I see our teacher, Francis Whitfield, who was such a big part of inspiration in my life. I have to say, I think every other Brady was better in like math and history and science, biology than I was. And I loved this teacher because she loved the arts and the crafts. And those were my favorite subjects. But um, 
yeah, I just, I see the crew. I, I feel so many people when I'm there. So we're going to, we're going to transition real quick to one of our favorite. This is kind of one of our favorite parts of the, uh, the podcast. It's called defend the trend. Today, we have a big one. It's mid-century modern design. So throughout the show, you both saw your fair share of original mid-mod style in these older homes, but it's also a trend that came back the past few years and has been thriving. So do you think this Mad Men style is here to stay or is it on its way out? Hmm. I'm not one for historical preservation. I think that we've evolved, but I think that there are so many awesome pieces. We actually, in one of the shows, almost bought the bar that was used in Don Draper's office in Mad Men. Uh, we had to mm. change at the last minute, but there are just certain iconic pieces that were popular then that are going to be popular forever. And if you can put them in your house, do it. I definitely believe that they will always be here to stay. You know, I think everything comes and goes, but there are certain classics. And I believe that time period is a classic. I mean, it was sexy and sleek and cool. And so I think it's definitely here to stay. It might go away a little bit and come back. And I mean, that's, that's what everything does, right? Yeah. Yeah. And time will tell, but I think you guys... Made great I think points. you nailed it. Yes. Those so, are perfect answers. They really were. Very nicely done. So before you go, tell us where we can find you on social media and where we can watch Frozen in Time and Frozen in Time flashback. Uh, so Frozen in Time is available on Discovery Plus. We've got six episodes out now, two more episodes, hopefully coming your way very soon. And then you will see us on Frozen in Time flashback on HGTV. I think we're airing now when this podcast airs right <laughs> yeah. yay yay i can't wait to see it um social media i don't oh. even know yeah we're both bad I, at honestly that. i'm so bad <laughs> you guys i want to learn how to tiktok that's that's all i Listen, know i mean I, ta- I tagged you in an instagram post maureen you want me to uh, tell you what your instagram handle is? okay <laughs> sure okay what is it oh you did okay yeah okay um mo mccormick seven Mo. Okay, there you go. I'm, I'm not good at social media, but I am good enough to know that I shouldn't have an underscore. And I'm Dan underscore Vickery. That's really aging me. <laughs> but it's too late it's okay. to change it. Michael has an underscore. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Uh, underscore club for life. I will never get rid of the underscore. It's timeless. Well, Dan and Maureen, thank you so much for joining us today. In honor of one of our favorite parts of your show, we made a couple of cocktails to toast you guys. And cheers to you both. You can pass me mine. You guys should have warned us. We could have cheers you back. Yeah. Cheers, you guys. You're so cute. So cute. We appreciate you guys so much. Cheers, Dan. Cheers. I know it. Have fun. If you could freeze any moment in time, what would it be? Um, that's good. I feel like I would freeze when when we gave when you gave birth, not we, when you gave birth to MK in that little moment that we got to share together. Aww. It was very sweet. And it was it was epic. What about you? <laughs> um, I was going to say I think the moment in time I would freeze would either be our first date or you asking me out for the first time. Oh. That's sweet. I like it. Or just like random moments with MK. Mm. I feel like just it's a good lesson to just be aware of all these moments that are happening in the present. 
you can freeze them in time. That's nice. I'm yeah. freezing this moment here with you. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> like a little charmer. All right. I love you. Let's get into our next segment, HGTV to the rescue. Yes. Let's knock it out of the park. HGTV to the rescue. Brr, it's cold in here. <laughs> Is it? I feel fantastic. I say there must be some Orlando in the atmosphere. Yeah, there is. I say, oh, hey, hey, oh, HGTV to the rescue. <laughs> okay, you guys, it is time for one of our favorite segments. So this is HGTV to the rescue. And today we have the one, the only, Mr. Orlando Soria. I literally had the best interview with him. <laughs> Orlando is answering a question from one of our listeners, Anna, and it's all about carpet. So Anna asks, hey, Orlando, we just bought our first house and it's covered in gross carpet. That is definitely coming out, but what to replace it with is the real question. Hardwood floors get all the glory, but is carpet ever okay? This is a very good question that is very near and dear to my heart. So I also just moved into a giant house with a bunch of ugly carpet in it. And I have to tell you, it's been like, there is like a single tear that rolls down my cheek with every room that I take the carpet out of because it is very like lush and it feels very good on your little toesies. I understand people's hesitance with removing carpet. Um, First things first, I actually don't have a blanket rule against carpeting. I think especially in bedrooms, it can be really nice. There's a lot of positive things to say about carpet. Number one, it is probably the least expensive thing to replace your current carpet with is a more attractive, more modern version. You know, I'd say like a really simple go-to would be kind of like a beige Berber carpet, which kind of like has the same like warmth and neutrality as a hardwood floor, um, but has a lower pile and you can put like a flat woven rug on top of it and still have that sort of design accent while not giving up on the comfort of having the wall-to-wall carpet that you want. I don't think it's for every space. So I I really think you have to think about like, how long are you going to live in your house? Do you want something that you're going to need to replace every five to 10 years? Or would you rather spend the money up front and replace it with hardwood flooring that you could have probably for a lifetime. But I think there are going to always be people who like carpeting in their houses and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. A hack that I came up with for my house as sort of like a temporary fix is that I've been taking the carpet out and you can actually paint the subfloor, which has kind of like a really nice modern rustic look to it while you wait to kind of like save money to, you know, replace everything with hardwood flooring. So that's like, depending on what your subfloor is, mine is just like basically plywood you can also like paint it. And that is kind of like a fun, easy DIY thing you can do if you really don't like the look of your carpet. But I would say there's no rule against carpeting. I would just, you know, get some swatches, make sure that what you're choosing is neutral so that you can make other accents in the room. And yeah, just make sure that it aligns with the sort of style of your house. Wow. Expert. You're so good. I was like, this one's going to stump him. I feel really bad. He got such a hard question. (laughs) Oh, well, carpet is, uh, I I get it. I understand why people want carpet. It's like, it's, I don't think it's a great, like long-term solution, but there's always going to be places where it would be nice to have carpet, you know?
I think I'm a carpet guy. It's super cozy. I live it in my office. Can you believe how many bathrooms and kitchens had carpet on Frozen in Time? Yeah, there was a lot of them. I think I would actually like that, though. Like, you're sitting on the toilet, and you just open out your toes, and you squint in the carpet. <laughs> you run your little toesies yeah, through, the, through, the, yeah, through the fuzzies. Also, it didn't look that cute. But also, maybe we're missing out on something, you guys. I've... Do we really know how it feels to go to the bathroom with carpet on our toes constantly? I mean, honestly, I feel like you would be in there for quite some time. You probably wouldn't you come out. You already are in the bathroom for I quite some time. I literally, I knew you were going to say that. Guys, Michael tells me. I just get roped into TikToks and babe, Instagrams gonna, and says, Twitch. I like, says, babe, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's our cue. He's going to be gone for 30 minutes. <laughs> so if the baby needs something, if I need no, 30 minutes. That's where he is. Listen, I think the soft the soft carpets all over would be great for MK. I feel like she would have a blast. Oh, yeah. MK yeah. fell off the couch. But there was carpet. So I didn't feel that bad. I mean, she's got a pretty big bump here but on her forehead. I, mean, I feel pretty bad. You weren't even there. Oh, All yeah, I it... saw was her feet just up in the air. <laughs> she was stuck between the beanbag and the sofa. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, MK also makes messes. So the hardwood floor would be way easier to clean. I can see her just like putting stuff in the carpet. Have you guys seen those TikToks where it's like a shag carpet and people like take stuff out of it and you don't uh, even know it can be in the carpet? Gross. I thought it was cool. You found like a person in there? <laughs> Not that big. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we did have some good, clean fun today with our guests. Honestly, how great were Maureen and Dan. And if you want to know more about their show, head over to hgtv.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and be sure to binge Frozen in Time on Discovery Plus and check out Frozen in Time flashback on HGTV. Also, huge thank you to Orlando Sorio for answering today's HGTV to the rescue question. And don't forget to lift your spirits with his show, Build Me Up, streaming on Discovery Plus now. If you want to ask HGTV stars your own question, hit us up on the HGTV Instagram account, just look for our post on Thursdays. And as usual, if you like what you're listening to, please head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And head over to HGTV.com slash podcast for the show notes on today's episode. Lastly, if you want even more of us, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Mike and Cat. See you next Thursday. Bye, guys. Peace. And now it's time for, for some reason, Cat and Mike can't say, Burr, it's cold in here. Burr, it's cold in here. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. That would be funny. How do I say burr? Burr. Like, yeah, like that. Burr. Burr. Is that Burr. Pick it up from the, I say, oh. No, let me go. Burr. It's cold in here. HGTV to the rescue. <laughs> I love you. He's so funny. I'm crying. <laughs> I thought it was a chance. Like, oh, eh. oh, eh. oh, eh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, my God. That'll work. Good. That's the last take. There we go. Cool.